0: The learning opportunity every day in my job is the thing I treasure most. The opportunity to hear someone, hear what someone has done in innovating a product that you'd never have thought of. You can't help but being, but be infected by the energy that those people bring, the sense of possibility. And the thing that always strikes me when I'm talking to these people is how can we help? How can we help more and do more for you and your business? You know, that, that tends to be the lens I look at it through, but it is, it's what gets me out of bed every morning, Dave.
1: Hello and welcome to the Digital Irish Podcast, a podcast all about celebrating Irish innovation and Irish innovators globally. I'm your host, Dave Byrne. Hello and welcome back to the Digital Irish Podcast. Thank you so much for listening in today. I have been so excited to bring you this episode. Today, we are going to be speaking to Leo Clancy, the CEO of Enterprise Ireland. Now, one of the reasons why I've been so excited about this episode is not only because of the fantastic guests that we have, it's also because it kicks off a six-episode series that we are doing with Enterprise Ireland to celebrate entrepreneurs and innovators around the world, all with an Irish flair something that both digital irish and enterprise ireland care about enterprise ireland have been doing fantastic work in this area to really support irish businesses and irish entrepreneurs to grow their businesses and have an impact globally so we're going to hear how that work is happening across the world today over the next few episodes but beginning today leo shares his insights and knowledge about how this is happening truly across the world and what enterprise ireland are really striving to do i also found this very inspirational because he really brings this up to a level of talking about the impact as a as as us as Irish people really stepping up and doing incredible things, I found some of the insights that he shared just truly fascinating, truly inspiring. I really enjoyed having this conversation with him and I felt so privileged having this conversation with him. As you'll hear through the episode, Enterprise Ireland are just doing so much and he was so gracious to take out the time uh, to talk to me about all of this. So. With that, I'm just going to drop you straight in the interview. Leo, thank you so much for taking out the time to join us on the podcast today.
0: Thanks, Dave. It's a real pleasure to be here and congratulations on the work you're doing. It's a, it's a fantastic um, program and, and podcast. So well done.
1: Ah, oh, thank you very much. Well, Leo, I want to start off. Obviously, you are the Chief Executive Officer of Enterprise Ireland, You know, helping Irish companies scale and grow globally, which is fantastic work. and I can't wait to get into more about that. But because this is the Digital Irish Podcast, of course, we have to kick things off with a connection to all things tech. And I saw that you have an engineering background originally, how did you find yourself moving from engineering to supporting this Irish innovation and enterprise overall?
0: Um, it's um it's a it's a long and relatively short story. Was, i was i worked in telecoms industry for years. I worked at Ericsson, the large uh, multinational company uh, for a long time and then I worked for four and a half years with a startup effectively an Irish fiber optic communications company called Enet we were in the process of selling that business or rather the the owners were in the process of selling that business in late 2012 when a former boss of mine uh, pointed out to me that the IDA were looking for a head of what they called ICT, what he called ICT. And I said, well, why would I want to run the ICT network at the IDA? And he said, no, 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 it's not that. It's the, it's the marketing of Irish, of Ireland to the global ICT companies. So I said, oh, that sounds interesting. So kind of started the dialogue, got fascinated by the job, the opportunity to engage with global tech, to understand what was going on in the global world of technology, I uh, wasn't looking for a job necessarily at the time. We were; it was just a bit of a transitional time. But was planning to stay where I was. So, it um, I hate to say it was something that just came up and intrigued me. And I ended up uh, I ended up uh, joining Ida because I was fascinated by the job. Uh, so it was semi by accident, uh, but wonderful move and a great decision. You know, it was and a fascinating experience. So that's effectively how I moved from tech roles into the Irish innovation and promoting Ireland as a great place to do business.
1: That's really interesting. And actually, I think a very valuable lesson for a lot of people is that careers aren't necessarily totally linear and they can go in new and exciting directions. I do want to talk to you about the IDA, though, because you spent eight years working at the IDA in the technology space. What changes and evolutions did you see in the Irish tech ecosystem during that time?
0: So when I joined IDA, we were just at the start of what we now know as the tech revolution, and particularly Dublin and Ireland uh, building its reputation as a tech hub within Europe. So we at that time, Facebook would have been very small in Dublin. Google growing fast, Intel, a stalwart, Apple, very well established. You know, lots of really good stuff going on. But over the eight years that I worked in that role as as head of tech at uh, Ida, um, we saw huge growth. You know, the the growth of all of the top companies, effectively on the Nasdaq, um. Apple, Amazon, Google, Microsoft, Facebook uh, were all my clients. So it was it was fascinating to be inside that at sort a of time of big change for tech and big growth for tech to see how those companies grew globally and grew in Ireland. And we with a lot of momentous things happen around that time in terms of tax policy, data protection, GDPR was introduced over that time. You know the the focus on Europe and the market cap of those companies grew very significantly over the time. So it was um, it was huge change in terms of scale. And Dublin and Ireland generally went from being somewhere that uh, was looked at as a good home for tech to being somewhere that's always on the list for investment. So that was probably the biggest change that the reputation that Ireland had as a tech hub was grown very substantially over that time so really exciting time to have been involved
1: when you say that our reputation has grown like what do you think has been some of the the biggest contributing factors to our reputation growing from oh this could be a good place to this is this is the place so to speak
0: yeah I think um some like there's a number of key factors. First of all Ireland has always had a big focus on business. So we're a country and many of your listeners will know this anyway. Uh, we're we're a nation of migrants to a large extent. We're a country that has not had economic prosperity for a very long time. So our citizens are the people who live in Ireland who are not citizens. <coughs> And the government and the other companies in Ireland, we're we're really proud and we don't take for granted economic success. And I think that means that we've created a business friendly ecosystem in Ireland. So that's the foundation. If you look at the things then that have made difference, membership with the European Union. And solid membership of the eurozone, and Ireland being a very uh, proud and and involved member, the most positive nation from recollection about eurozone and European Union membership across the uh, across the European Union helps us as well. In that, businesses that come to Ireland to do business can do business all across the European Union from one location in Ireland uh, as they get started. Being English speaking is a huge benefit. Um, We do have a tax system that is transparent, but beneficial as well. Uh, We are on top of major regulatory changes such as GDPR that have happened over the time. And the talent in Ireland is super good. And that's, that's both the quality of our local education system and the people that have grown up within it but also, frankly, the ability of Ireland to be a home to talent from anywhere and Ireland being a good and welcoming place for talent. Those are the factors uh, that make Ireland, in my view, a great place for tech.
1: I love that. And uh, I think, as you say, a lot of that can resonate with a lot of our listeners. <laughs> um, moving on now to Enterprise Ireland, uh After you spent time at the IDA, of course, you found yourself at Enterprise Ireland and now the CEO, of course. What was it about Enterprise Ireland that inspired you most when you were making
0: the move over? So uh, you know, having got a fantastic job in IT, I found an even better job in leading Enterprise Ireland. So and that was better on many levels. Uh, from a personal point of view, the opportunity to be the CEO and drive the future and lead the future of an organization that can make a difference was hugely inspiring for me. But the mission of Enterprise Ireland and the regard in which it's held around the world is something people, unless you've seen some of the comparisons, aren't often aware of. So around the world, Enterprise Ireland is envied by many. We're, we're an organization of over 800 people. We have a budget of close to 400 million euros a year. And we spend that budget on developing Irish enterprise that, is, that has the potential to go global, all the way from people thinking about entrepreneurship uh, through university, innovation, and beyond. Just a huge... Um, Huge breadth of focus, all dedicated to Irish-owned enterprise. So that was that was very inspiring for me. Uh, enterprise Ireland, also a huge personal learning opportunity. If I'm honest, you know, Enterprise Ireland is an equity investor in nearly two thousand companies. Uh, it's an investor in research and innovation in the academic system. Uh, we're an investor in funds. Uh, we support 4,000 companies across many different sectors. We have 40 offices around the world outside of Ireland. So the opportunity to learn um, uh, new things uh, in the role that I'm in now is something that's a great privilege. So they were they were all the factors, but the main one is the opportunity to make a difference. And, and I feel the future of irish enterprise or the future of ireland's economy will depend very heavily and increasingly on irish owned enterprise growing as well as a continuing vibrant foreign direct investment ecosystem into ireland
1: and you know you've mentioned a couple of things there in regards to just the sheer scale of enterprise ireland you know the 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 volume of people um the uh, the amount of capital that you're working with um, but you know, I, I think when when I, I've been thinking about Enterprise Ireland, I've seen the work that it does in the US, uh, specifically out of like the East Coast with me being based in DC and New York. But could you give us a, a broader view of like, what does the reach and scale of Enterprise Ireland actually look like globally?
0: Yeah, so as I said, we have 40 offices around the world. Um, Those offices, you'll be aware of our offices in the United States. Um, Our biggest single office footprint, our biggest single headcount footprint is still in the UK. We have 11 offices across the Eurozone. We have offices in Middle East, uh, in Africa, in Asia, Australia, South America. Uh, So, we have a presence all all across the world, and though there are about two hundred people deployed across that network, so uh, two hundred of our people are working in those offices every day. They're a mix of Irish expats, uh, people who uh, go out into the market who are normally based in Ireland, but predominantly of. Experts that we hire locally in those markets who have ex who have local knowledge and expertise in both the sectors that are most relevant to those countries and the business culture of the locations we operate in. So that's um that's a huge value to our clients and it's. It's the feedback, frankly, that I hear most often and most positively from our clients is the quality of our overseas network, the ability to get a door opened for you when you land into, whether it's Vietnam or Brazil or Chicago, that there's someone Irish who cares about your business. I I think that's just... it's a huge benefit to our client base to have that, particularly smaller companies that don't and haven't yet established their own presences overseas, being able to claim to be part of something that is an Irish business organisation is is a huge benefit.
1: That's actually something I'd I'd love to uh, deep dive more into shortly. Is just. I feel like it, something that's very consistent with a lot of who we interview on this podcast and who we speak to at our events tends to be this aspect of this Irish factor of like wherever you go, there is somebody in whatever market or whatever uh, you know area that you've established yourself in who has a connection to Ireland or who has a love of Ireland that is there to help you and I think Enterprise Ireland has played such a big role in, in fostering that worldwide which is fantastic definitely want to get to that but you know in this um, in this this fostering this growth internationally I know that in 2022 Enterprise Ireland launched the leading in a changing world strategy Um, For those who don't know uh, or haven't heard about this yet,
0: um, could you give us a quick overview of what this is? It's our business strategy up to the end of 2024, so a three-year strategy for 22, 23, and 24. It's essentially focused on five pillars. Um, First pillar is what you'd expect us to say, that our focus will be on jobs, regional impact within Ireland in terms of economic impact from those jobs, and export development. So helping our clients get into new markets. The second pillar of it is around scaling Irish enterprise. So more grassroots entrepreneurship, more startups. We're targeting a 20% increase in the number of startups we supported over the previous three-year strategy. Uh, We're aiming to up the level of talent, train a thousand senior leaders, for instance, as one measure in, in strategy and improve their leadership skills. The third pillar is all about um, productivity, so operational excellence in operations, digitalization, and most importantly, innovation, promoting that companies will create innovative new products. Fourth pillar is sustainability. We know that companies are going to be required to achieve very exacting standards of sustainability in order to continue to trade. We also have an ambition locally in Ireland of reducing enterprise carbon emissions by 35%. And we see a massive opportunity for sustainability-focused Irish companies to do great business around the world. And the fifth pillar is about us as an organization. We are aiming to be the best enterprise development agency in the world. Now, I think we are already up there. You could ask what the objective benchmark is for us, and it would be hard to give you one that makes sense. But, um but we are holding ourselves to account to continually improve the service we offer to our clients and to be excellent in service of Irish business.
1: As you're speaking there, all I'm thinking is like, I imagine it must be very invigorating to be, uh, you know, leading something like this and being surrounded by entrepreneurs, innovators, investors, all that time, um, how does that energize you or impact you personally?
0: It's fantastic. You know, it it is just the the learning opportunity every day in my job is the thing I treasure most. You know, you busy days. It's the same in any job. Uh, if you're a CEO of anything, you're going to be busy. But the opportunity to hear someone hear what someone has done and in innovating a product that you'd never have thought of over dinner last night, for instance, I had a chance to sit beside an entrepreneur who's founded a fantastic new um video conference augmentation company. Um, she's a psychologist she's brought in a tech team to help her with it. It's just just a phenomenal business idea. Uh, earlier on in the week, I had some feedback from a client who's in the who's in the apparel space, who's been helped by Enterprise Ireland through a program we call Enter the Eurozone to start exporting into Europe in her business, uh, and the list goes on. You know, there's there are so many entrepreneurs that you come across every day, and you can't help but being but be infected by the energy that those people bring, the sense of possibility. And the thing that always strikes me when i'm talking to these people is how can we help how can we help more and do more for you and your business you know that that tends to be the lens i look at it through but it is it's what gets me out of bed every morning Dave.
1: a quick pause in today's podcast are you interested in getting involved in the digital irish community we are looking for people to join us at events join on the podcast and also help with J1s who are now coming over this summer to the US. If you are interested in joining this community, even just connecting with others, check out digitalirish.com or email hello at digitalirish.com. Now back to the interview. There's something there that you were saying that resonates with me as well. Like, because I think one of the my favorite things about doing this podcast is just meeting people who are really passionate about what they do. And just, it does give you a sense of like, inspiration and uh full transparency as well it's like um we're recording this 9 a.m. eastern time in uh DC i was up like hours before this and i kept on saying to my wife oh, i'm really i'm excited to do this call this is going to be this is going to be a good one so um i definitely uh, resonate with you there in regards to just the inspiration and excitement that comes from meeting just interesting and passionate people um I do want to go back to because I did. Men- we did mention the Irish factor and um, the Ireland factor generally, um, and you know I think we've talked about you know how Ireland itself is a, a, a great ecosystem for you know uh, for tech, but one of the things that I've definitely seen is that Ireland has become a great place, not just for tech, but just for startups generally, but not only is Ireland a great place for startups generally, it seems that uh, there's an entrepreneurial spirit that I see with a lot of Irish people. Um, is this something that has just been part of our culture? Is it something natural and organic that comes from Ireland, or is this something that we as a country have helped foster?
0: Yeah, uh a great, uh, great question. I think it's both. I think Irish people have a strong self-reliance and ability, and I think that's um, that's always been in us. I, I think we've had to have that because we're a country that has um, has had to be scrappy. We've we've come from nothing a uh, hundred years ago to. To succeeding globally and Irish people have had to go everywhere in the world and succeed and carve their own path. So I think that's always been in us. I think what's changed over time is our concept of what success looks like, you know, so as a country, I, I believe as a country becomes more confident and its people become more confident and definitions of success change. And I think if you looked back to my generation when I left school in the early 90s, um. The definition of success for my mom was a good job in the civil service. You know, for me, her, her definition of success for me, it took me I should by my count, what it took me twenty years. No, it took me 17, 18 years after graduation to finally be in the civil and public service, but I didn't join it because it was the civil service. I joined it because it was a business experience I could have that was unique and continues to be. Uh, But I think that definition of success has changed. So we went from civil service being the zenith to good job in a multinational being the next uh, wave of successful Irish person to entrepreneurship being the thing to be coveted. And I think that's where we are now as a nation. We're at the point where we justifiably value entrepreneurship as a career path in a way that we hadn't really up to the last ten years. That didn't mean Irish people weren't entrepreneurial, but I think it took the confidence and success and prosperity of Ireland to give people more and to give people more and increasing confidence to start their own businesses. We've had lots of great businesses over the years, but I think we're on uh we're on an accelerating flywheel now in terms of entrepreneurship. So I'm really optimistic about where we're going.
1: I love hearing that and you know one thing I'd love to get your opinion on as well cuz obviously Enterprise Ireland is uh has done some fantastic work in supporting a lot of these an- entrepreneurs as they continue to uh, expand their businesses and to grow internationally one thing that I have noticed is a uh, when you have you have Enterprise Ireland on one side but I do find as well that Whenever I go somewhere new, and you touched on this earlier, there always seems to be Irish people on the ground, willing to support, willing to help, give up their free time with others. It does feel like that not only are we a country that is kind of embracing entrepreneurship, we're also, I don't know if it's culturally driven, but we're very supportive of of others. Um, it doesn't seem like that we're ever kind of saying like, oh, my time is precious. I'm not going to help you. It seems like that we're everywhere I go. I I tend to see that people are very much like when they have the time, they're willing to offer it up. They're willing to support. And it it feels like it creates such a great kind of culture of like, when you're an entrepreneur, you're not alone. If that makes sense
0: makes total sense i couldn't agree more and there's there's few countries in the world i think that have the kind of connectedness that we have and i, I do say someone asked me a few years ago uh down at a conference in Kerry, what would i say ireland superpower is and i said connectedness actually so i, I it, definitely what you said resonates with me dave in that context But. Like it's amazing how many times, even the last week, I was in company with people saying, "Hey, you come from where? Oh, do you know such and such? And are you, you know, that's physically? You know? Yeah, I grew up with um, you know, you have those connections. So I think we're a small country to our strength and and highly connected. But I think there is a will willingness to help people, and it goes back to some of what we talked about a little while ago. I think where we've come from, you know, the hard yards. Irish people are used to going out to places they're not from and trying to find a connection that helps them get started you know the again your your listeners in the u.s will appreciate the people going to work on the buildings in the u.s at times when there weren't jobs in ireland in the late 80s and staying on friends couches and being introduced to potential job opportunities whether that's in london or new york or melbourne you know irish people are used to helping one another and i think that pays itself that plays forward into how we now work on a on a, on a proper success basis with really successful entrepreneurs, with tech leaders in corporates, people remember those times that weren't so good and they're happy to give their time back. Uh, and, and I think it's an intangible. Why, why is it? I, I think it is because there's a race memory of times that weren't so good and people having helped those people out over time. And I, I hope it's something as we've become more prosperous as a nation and a race, that we don't lose, uh, and I, I don't think we will. I think it's cultural, and the other community of people. I think that sh- this shows up in very different. It shows up in different ways. The Israeli um, Israeli diaspora has something similar, you know, and it's a it's a it's a different dynamic, but it's very connected as well. So there's, but there are a few countries in the world that you say that about, where where people look after one another as well and focus as much on networking connectedness.
1: Yeah, it 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 does feel very special. I mean, you know, comparing my experience in New York with other um, you know, other people that moved from other countries to New York, it really felt like I almost had a, a slight advantage of being able to settle in because there was this community that was so welcoming. So, um, it's just I I I feel lucky to be a part of it. And I know many others like have commented on this podcast, but also like also think about this day to day. But yes, definitely hope that it kind of continues. Um, one thing, obviously, I want to talk about like as well, um, because we had Sean Davies on um, before when he was leading up the Americas activity for Enterprise Ireland. And, you know, one thing that we talked about was the special relationship between the us and ireland and i think this is something that we've talked uh, that we've talked about at length uh, uh, when i say we i mean irish people in general have talked at length about the us and irish uh, special connection but i wanted to kind of see uh, hear from you if there are interesting kind of connections that we have with other countries around the world where you know we're we probably also have, like, a special relationship with or that we have a burgeoning relationship with that our listeners may be fascinated to hear about?
0: Yeah, I I think lots of places, you know, there's, like, there... And some of it down to Irish communities, some of it down to longstanding relationships between Ireland and overseas. If I pick a few places, Australia is the second home for a lot of Irish people with the, you know, if, if you talk about the number of people in the United States that claim Irish heritage, um, I think Australia has equal claim on that in terms of an Irish community and and a um, a willingness to accept. Plus, it's a, it's a rite of passage for a lot of Irish people to spend time in Australia. So that's very special. Somewhere like Singapore, where it was last November, where, again, that diaspora that you mentioned earlier, the support of the Irish community to Irish business as it emerges into Singapore is really special. Um, if you look at, uh, you know, and those are two that are born out of Irish people having made their homes there, or people having Irish heritage. If you pick something completely different, if you go to Tokyo, uh, the the regard for Ireland and the appreciation of Ireland as a beautiful place, and that cultural regard for Ireland that isn't born from Japanese people necessarily having been to Ireland or we having a massive diaspora there, but that our culture has projected into Japan in such a a powerful way, both the nature, which is highly appreciated by Japanese people, the music, the literature, those things have outsized impact for us. Uh, Somewhere like the Middle East, if you, if you take um, Saudi Arabia or Dubai, where we have offices. The network of people who have come to study in Ireland is huge and powerful in those areas. Malaysia, the same. Lots of people come to study in the Royal College of Surgeons. Um, Medical students come there. They go back to their home countries. They become part of hospital groups. and, And they then help Irish innovative companies to develop business in the medical sphere because they know Ireland. They know the quality of medical education and the quality of bar that we put on medical products. And they're able to convey that forward. So I, I could go on all day waxing lyrical. Europe, I think, uh, on our doorstep, you know, and just the the innate understanding of of Ireland across the European Union, um, the, the welcome that we have because we're all part of the same European community. That's something I think because of Brexit, as well as um, the 50-year now relationship that we've had with the European Union, they, there's a very... There's a very strong appreciation that Ireland is markedly still a member of the European Union. So we, we get a great welcome in that regard as fellow European citizens. Um, so I think lots of different reasons in different places, but I think we're very fortunate to be very highly regarded across the world. And, and it's something we should never take for granted because we we depend on those relationships and we depend on respecting them for our ongoing and future prosperity.
1: I love that, and you know, I mean, you mentioned obviously uh, something as well there, where you know your your biggest uh, the Enterprise Ireland's biggest office is in London, and you know, uh, there's definitely uh, there's definitely kind of old standing relationships that we continue to foster, which is great, and it's just, I, I mean, it, for me, it's really just so inspiring to hear like how connected we are. It actually makes me exceptionally proud of of us uh, but one one question that's come to mind out of all of us is that one of the reasons why i think i i feel this sense of pride is because we are like a small nation out on the edge of the atlantic there's a little bit of an underdog feel to us at times where we're like we're we're batting way out of like where we should be uh on the on the global scale of things do you feel the same or do you feel like we've kind of moved on from that like underdog mentality
0: yeah i think i think we have moved on from it. actually it's a, it's interesting but it's, it's a great point i think we have um we're like there's a pride now in ireland i see my nephews and nieces and they don't they've grown up post the financial crash of 2009 10 they've graduated college in the last four or five years they don't expect anything except success. You know, that's uh, that that's the mantra and the watchword that they have for their, their own futures. They they anticipate success, which is a lovely place to be, because we anticipated failure or at least um at, at least strive for safety, you know, and I think um I think it's a subtle but very important change actually, and and really important because I, I think being an underdog will take you so far, and I, I think if you can be more ambitious for yourself and have the confidence that comes with that, I, I think that's a better place to be, as long as you maintain respect for where you've come from and a knowledge of where you've come from, and you don't take anything for granted but you're supremely confident about where you can take things if you're fully self-determined. I think it's a, it's a nice balance, but, um, but I think we are moving beyond it and only recently. Um, but, and I think we have a huge amount now to be confident about We're a nation that's, uh, wealthy, the uh, lowest unemployment rate this month that the state has ever had the highest employment that we've ever, or sorry, the highest population that we've ever had, you know, just huge things in our favor most diversified economy in terms of national local domestic industry uh, foreign direct investment irish owned exporting industry diversity within that that gives us a buffer against any major economic shocks so i think we've a huge amount to be positive about it as a nation
1: that it's really interesting that uh that you know, (laughs) your family are kind of almost expecting success. It's actually fantastic to hear. And thinking about, like, success moving forward, you know, what is next for Enterprise Ireland? I mean, we obviously heard the leading in a changing world strategy, but, you know, what does uh, success beyond uh, 2024 potentially look like for Enterprise Ireland?
0: Yeah, so I think... uh... We've, we've set out two major objectives for tw- 2030 that are worth remarking on lots of, lots of, I think a s- lot of smaller things, which are not that small. We're going to keep increasing the top of funnel um, numbers of entrepreneurs that we support. So we've targeted, as I mentioned earlier, 20% increase. We're going to want to push the envelope further on that beyond 2024 and see more and more entrepreneurs coming through because having a large top of funnel is the biggest determinant of having significant leaders come out the other side. Uh, For me, though, two things for 2030. We have targeted uh, for 2030 uh, from last year's numbers a 50% growth in the number of large Irish companies. So We have, by our count, we have just over 100 large Irish companies, and this is companies that are Irish-owned, that are operating globally. We want to see that grow to over 150 by 2030. Now, that's a a big jump in seven years, but I think it's realistic and achievable. And in order to do that, we'll need to find the entrepreneurs and the business leaders with the most ambition who want to achieve billion-dollar turnovers or market cap, depending on their products and support them in a new and meaningful way. So that's ambition number one for me. The second one is sustainability. We're in a world that demands sustainability. We're in a world that will be jeopardized if we continue to emit carbon at the level we're at. And the Irish government has set a target of 35% carbon reduction by 2030, which we are working with our clients to drive towards from an enterprise perspective. So that is... um that's something that we're going to be laser focused on as well. So I would say that scaling and sustainability, those are the two key objectives for us. Love
1: that. And thing, I'm going to ask you to put on your engineering hat and your tech hat uh, right now uh, as well, just to see if there's anything in particular that you're most excited about in the engineering or tech space uh, that's coming in the future.
0: Yep, um, I could uh, I could start almost anywhere. I would say digital services is interesting. So we have a we've very large and successful manufacturing base uh, in Ireland, and we have a very large base of multinational tech firms. We've got all the top ones: Apple, Facebook, Amazon, Google, Microsoft, and all of their um, all of their cohorts in Ireland. What we don't have is a really strong Irish-owned set of digital leaders. So I think digital startups and scale-ups that can that can have that link to that earlier point about large companies that can have that global ambition for themselves and can go global out of Ireland i think that's a huge opportunity for Ireland within that you've lots of subsectoral trends like software and artificial intelligence and i i think that is a massive opportunity for Ireland building up the success we've had we've had in multinational industry the the suite of companies we have that have that potential, and um, and the demand that's out there in the world for digital services. So that would be, with my engineering hat on, I think we have the tech workforce and um, and enablers to make that really happen.
1: And now for any aspiring entrepreneurs or anybody with a business that are looking to grow and expand internationally that may be listening to this podcast right now, how can they find out more about Enterprise Ireland and the work that you do or lean into Enterprise
0: Ireland? So you can contact us at um, enterprise-ireland.com. We're working on the url it's a long one but uh if you go to the website you'll find contact details for our agency you know please come and talk to us if you you'll also see our local offices around the world uh, posted there please have a look uh we're in the process of rebuilding our website so we'll have a slicker newer proposition hopefully in october time frame but The information is all there today. We're going to continue to improve our channels. You can also go to our social channels, LinkedIn, Twitter, uh, Instagram, and others and engage with us there. So we're just delighted that anyone who's aspiring to be an entrepreneur would think about Enterprise Ireland and how we might help your journey.
1: Well, Leo, I just want to thank you again so much for joining today. I, I really do feel... So inspired by the work that Enterprise Ireland are doing. Um, very excited to see all of the progress and the work that you guys are doing. And just really great to hear your perspectives on, on things. It, it really is kind of, it. it there's, a, there's a sense of pride, like listening to what you have to say about the impacts that uh, Irish people and Irish businesses are having. So really appreciate you sharing that with us today.
0: Great. Thanks, Dave, for having me on the podcast. As I said, it's a, it's an amazing endeavor. And you do great work. Thank you very much for everything you're doing for the digital art. Digital
1: and that is it for today's episode. I want to thank Leo Clancy once again for joining us to talk about his work with Enterprise Ireland. And A reminder to all of you, this is only the first out of six episodes that we are going to be doing with Enterprise Ireland. So the next one will be coming out in three weeks time. But uh, before you leave, I just want to say thank you again for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with somebody that you think may find it interesting. Also, if you like this episode, please don't forget to subscribe to us wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thank you so much again, see you in three weeks.